0: Today's episode is Shoot to Kill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the penetrative, glassware-inducing, miniaturized, weaponized, sensual-eyed Justin Waddell. How's it going, Justin?
1: Oh, you know. You know how it's going. We keep up with each other. You know how it's going. You don't yeah. have to pretend.
0: All right, cool. It sucks.
1: How about you? What have you been up to?
0: I'm waiting through pounds of dog shit as a person. Yeah? Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Let me get your take on something real quick. How do you feel about slippers? Just give me your take. Give me, are you for or against...
0: I'm for them if it's the alternative to barefoot for somebody.
1: Do you have a pair of comfortable slippers that you are currently recording a podcast in, like myself? No.
0: I've been gifted slippers. I very rarely wear them.
1: You think you have a cozy downstairs. You think you'd want to wear some slippers down there. You just in there, uh, down there with socks on?
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes. Some shoes, sometimes, you know, some aggressive uh, bear claw looking things, you know.
1: Remember when Tom Cruise in um, Risky Business, he slid across the waxed floor of his parents' house in uh, in, uh, white socks, right? Yeah. Do you ever do that? No, not through his parents' house. Through my own.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, guys, this might be a cursed episode. What? You are drinking
1: out of a non-Star Wars mug. I've done it before, but this is a Christmas mug that says, Hugs and Hot Cocoa, and uh, it's red. Uh, I got my wife... Uh, one for christmas and um it was a i don't know like a almost a him and her yeah hers is grabbing dicks and tea <laughs> but she broke hers oh. and then she looked at me like i should that should mean something like she was giving me like a wire firing a warning shot yeah. and i just pretend to, i played dumb i said we're good you should it's just have, fine it should it
0: should have been an indication that maybe that that mug you're drinking from is hers now
1: she wanted this one you think yeah
0: it's nice almost orange mm-hmm. right
1: it's red. You know what it is? It's. I mean, I'll describe it to you. It's. It's like a sweater. It's like has a sweater and like yeah, kind of Christmas sweater pattern on the outside. Like, I don't care
0: you... what it looks like as long as it's fucking quiet.
1: <laughs> it's not. It's not going to be. I have actually settled it down on a, a dust cloth to try to mute the sounds of yeah. putting it up and down. Yeah, Good. it's not working. Anyway, anyway you're going to be traveling next week, Nick. Where are you headed? Tampax. <sighs> are you going to play? Like any cards, Are you gonna be able to do anything fun when you're down there. I know you're doing mostly work. No, the only fun I'll have, and it may not even be fun, is watching the playoffs. It could be depressing. So, well, it's exciting for you though. Your team,
0: it's exciting to an extent, but mm-hmm. for the most part. It's a stressful environment. And most of the teams and most of the situations I want to happen, the opposite is happening. So as a baseball fan, it's a rough go. If the Braves mm-hmm. win, hey, I'll be a thrilled little boy. But I'm not liking how the competition's lining up, so fuck me. But anyway, we'll see. It's all good.
1: It's who's all the? Good. I'm, I don't follow baseball, obviously. Who's the big bad out there right now? Who's the, who's well, the, the biggest the of the bats? The
0: ultimate enemy is the Dodgers always. Mm-hmm. Astros scared the living Dak out of me as well.
1: Who's got the gloves? Who's got the best gloves?
0: Do you mean like the best gloves? Man, mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Probably Pitbull. <laughs> he seems like the kind of dickhead that would wear fingerless gloves. No,
1: isn't Pitbull from Florida? Isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't that where he he haunts?
0: I don't know. I just can't stand looking at him so much. Yeah, he's,
1: he's very bald, like Mister Clean sort of. Like he's got that kind of elegant bald. You know? Yeah, I wish Mike Vick would get a hold of him. <laughs> oh my. Oh, I mean, come on, Mike Vick, completely forgiven forever, right? I mean, right. ain't no one mad at him anymore. It's amazing how you can get away with literal murder if you uh, could throw a ball or catch a ball or slam a ball, hit a puck, well, I mean, kick a ball. He, he definitely uh, went to jail for a while. He was he was incarcerated, right? Yeah, he to was. an
0: extent, yeah. But it was in a, at the pound. It's a little different. <laughs> That's what they should call the... Uh, British prisons. Anyway, no, other than that, everything's <laughs> fucking shitty. You know, it's all good.
1: Nothing exciting to report, you're telling me. Went and Nothing saw that new. Bond
0: movie this weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, man. How was it? It wasn't that bad. It was long. People are people complaining about it being too emotional and too long, but you didn't find it, uh, it too was, emotional?
0: I didn't care about the emotions. It was too long mm-hmm. for sure, and the villain was poop. Song was yeah. a dog shits. Lily Eilish. Uh, yeah, nightmare. All I would be doing if I was her engineer would be editing those damn breaths out. It's what I do for a living, really. Her breaths she's out? Like, she's like always, uh, she's all right up against the mic. <sighs>
1: <sighs> <sighs> you know, it's like
0: just gross. It's not ASMR, it's ASS, you know?
1: Kind of like some of her songs, I all have right, to well, say.
0: Yeah, you're a lot more uh, tolerant than me. Let's just face true. it. True.
1: It's true. Hey, before we start talking about this gem from 1988, you met some of our listeners recently. I did. You met them before, but you met them in person for the first time, right? Yeah, I got to see uh, Coop and Beck and hang out in Louisville, and you know, did pretty, you, hu- did you uh, hug them? Like, what? Give me some. What was the? Give me like the touch rating. How did you do? Touch I touch both. Yeah. Yeah. And felt good. Hmm. Felt
0: great. We had a you know the- had a drink here and there. Got harassed by flies chatted a lot it was great you know good stuff and
1: he, and he mostly just talked about the podcast i imagine
0: we did to an extent we talked a lot about a lot of things you know
1: did every time you guys every, like every once in a while you guys grew quiet and looked at the fourth chair that was empty we your
0: presence was missed for sure and that, that was mm-hmm. discussed we talked a lot about you know the chud show because scoop's been around a long time mm-hmm. you know he he apparently since he was 13 Oh, God. And wrote a Working. review for us back in the day, if you may uh, if you may
1: remark. He listened to us when he was 13. He listened to the Chud Show?
0: Chud Show, read the site, yeah.
1: How's therapy, is it?
0: I mean, they're all right. They have a couple of songs. Irish band, right? Irish rock band? <laughs> Question mark? No, they're great. It was really nice to see them. They're fantastic folks. They have a good setup there. We talked about maybe at some point a little jaunt down this away. Good stuff.
1: I haven't heard back, but I... I, you know, I sent them a DM on Twitter. one you know, can I stay there for a couple weeks, you know, and the, you know, before the end of the year, is it okay if I just crash, you know, and chill? What they say? I don't, they, they unfollowed. <laughs> I like to meet them in person too. I'm jealous.
0: They're great. They're great. And he, and he's the gentleman who made that fantastic video on YouTube from our, she's the one podcast. And he has a framed, a framed version of that still on his wall. Maybe he's very happy
1: and it is a work of art
0: better than what do they call that stupid NFT? What is that stupid thing that's going on right now?
1: You got it right the first time An NFT. Yeah, it's way better than all them Mm -hmm. way better than EMF as well. Wait a minute EMF. They banned.
0: Yeah, you're unbelievable.
1: I heard that. So I was at a restaurant tonight and there was a trivia guy and he played that song and I could not remember the name of the band. I thought I was like, is it KMFDM? That's not it. Um, which stands for kill motherfucking Depeche Mode, I think. Is that correct?
0: Maybe, I don't know. I, EMF stands for like electric motherfucker or
1: something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't remember it. And you, you brought him up. Man, we are connected. Remember, they use a sample of Andrew Dice Clay in that song.
0: Prepare yourself for an impersonation of Andrew Dice Clay that is so authentic you'll wonder if the Dice man showed up at Brown Wall.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. yeah. it has to be him. I never knew that, but that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so it's a movie microscope, folks.
0: We watch a film through... A set of rustic puppet eyes and eat the bread until there's nothing left you know we walk weary through stalks of handshakes you know we rumble we take a break in the holy land experience cinema through telescopic hydroponic stalks of celery and ganglia we whisk the prayers into the honey pot understand the ritual fuel the toboggan when we can self-destruct underneath the battleship wrinkle the shrink wrap on a puppet Harmonize with a sheep we get gaseous with butthole eyes. Hand it off to the monk. Watch a film through whisper-thin standoff eyes. Watch a film share with the likes of you. Listener. See what makes or breaks. So we're talking about Ricky and the Flash. I'm talking about the scene where she is discovered to be a fraud by the pop music industry when they discover her karaoke teeth. <laughs> Talk about the little
1: moments. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I missed. That's a Diablo Cody movie that she wrote, but I missed. I saw a little bit of it. It has Rick Springfield in it, by the way. He's acting alongside Meryl Streep. Did you know this? I did not. Anyway, karaoke teeth. Is this? I'm just assuming this. I didn't see the movie like you did. That means that she had a. Uh, she was cheating at karaoke, and the sound was coming from her teeth, like it was a little device. I'm I'm assuming that it's because the
0: the the singing is being broadcast through her karaoke teeth, and off stage is a. Truly talented, Ricky.
1: So I'm talking about, yeah. So it's like a, almost like a Sereno de Bergerac scenario, right? Starring, um, starring Peter Dink. That's right. And uh, the what's her? I never remember her name. She's like this the actress that's always almost like breaking. She almost is a star.
0: Alicia Vikander.
1: No, 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 no bro. I don't remember her name, and there's another dude in there too. I don't know, but it's just basically it's the Dink Peter Dinklage who we love, yeah. and a Joe Wright film.
0: All right, he did Hannah, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Atonement, maybe he did. I didn't mean to nail it, Jesus. So, what's your relationship with uh, "Shoot to Kill"? Let's hear it.
1: Saw it on video when it came out back in probably 1989. I think it was released in '88. If I'm allowed to zoom in this early, I don't know. It was a kind of a—I'd have to say—I think it was kind of a well-reviewed movie at the time. I remember I, there was a reason that I watched it. I imagine some of the critics were, favor- you know, liked it. Once you run down the cast list in this bad boy. Oh, okay. What's your relationship with this movie?
0: I had a um, home-recorded. Version of it that I watched a lot when I was a, a little child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see it in the theater, but I would watch it rather routinely on home video. I think I liked it. I don't remember much about it, but I think I liked it.
1: Yeah, there's a scene in this that always has stuck with me when a group of of people die. That's kind of the thing I remembered most from this, and it kind of my memory was accurate. But it's still a little disturbing. I remember what I when we talk about that part, I'll I'll tell you what I thought as a as a as a young man. Anyway, shoot to kill, uh, starring Clancy Brown, Richard Massore, Sidney Poitier, Tom Berenger,
0: Kirstie Alley.
1: Was it, was it Frederick Coffin? Great name. bunch of bunch of other like character actors. in And we've this. had they Frederick
0: all, Coffin on the show before.
1: Being in what movie?
0: I don't remember, but he was in one of our films because I remember us talking about his name, and he's dead, which is. Ideal, R.I.P. Yeah, an ideal situation for him.
1: Yeah, he plays one of the um, the men that are going on a trip to do some high mountain top fishing, which I didn't know was a thing. You hike up a mountain and then you fish at the top of the mountain, trying to get some uh, big ass fish. I guess that uh, that swim up there. Yeah, they don't make it <laughs> to their <laughs> to the fishing part of the journey. Unfortunately, these men.
0: Well, I mean, to an extent, they do go fishing
1: because they're the they, bait. They do drop uh, something into water at one point. It's not a lure.
0: So the premise uh, of the film is uh, Sidney Portier is a, a police individual who is hot on the trail of a diamond thief murderer, likes to shoot people in the eye. Asshole.
1: Yeah, it's certainly um, this guy. This is his signature. I didn't remember that. He likes to shoot people directly in the eye. Right. Um, which is not survivable, typically.
0: Now, um, you, you remember the original title for this film before they went with Shoot to Kill, right? Oh, wait, The Mountain Kings? The Mountain Kings, and then it was released in other territories under different titles. Mm-hmm. UK was called Deadly Pursuit. Ooh. I like it. Because apparently, according to IMDb trivia, it was sh- shortly after a mass shooting and they didn't want to rub it in.
1: That's right. They didn't want shoot in the title. I read that too. I, I, I originally I saw the TV version of this movie when it was edited, and they were very nervous about any of the violence and that it was called shoot and don't kill. Yeah. Yeah. And every time a gun came out, they just cut to Cindy Pwaddy of Pratt falling in the woods, which he does a lot in this movie. He's, he's lost in, he's, he's, um, A fish out of water in this film. His detective, his city detective. He's a fish out of water. He's a fish out of water in uh, solving crime as well. He's a bad detective. You know, this is a movie that Sidney P came out of retirement to do. Like he hadn't, he enacted for like 11 years or 10 years or something. They said, Hey, they dangled Tom Berenger in front of him. And he's like, hell yes. That's what I'm talking about. Let me get, let me act along. And they said, here, let's sweeten the deal. He's like, no need. Uh, Tom Baird, there's enough for me. They're like You're going to be able to work with Kirstie Alley. There was just like squiggles as he ran towards the set. And he ha- he, he said, hashtag my Savick when,
0: when they said that.
1: <laughs> what does that mean?
0: Because she's one of two people that played Savick on Star Trek.
1: <laughs> was she in the, she was in the original Star Trek movie, I think she right?
0: was in Wrath of Khan.
1: Oh, okay. Who was the woman in the original Star Trek movie that was really pretty? And then all of a sudden she had a bald, she was bald and had a gem in the middle of her she, forehead. She died. Persis Kambata. She died super young. Persis Kambata, that's her name. Yeah. It's a good name. Persis, a so P U R S E S. P U R S E S, that's her first name. P E R S I S. I'm just
0: Yeah. And and her uh, her arch rival was Calibos Kalada. But uh yeah, she took the hugest loss early in her life, which is a shame.
1: She was um I remember seeing Star Trek the movie with my dad in New York. It's a different title um,
0: that they used that time, I guess
1: what was it originally what was it called
0: it was called star trek the motion picture oh okay but, but i think maybe it was released in some territories as star trek with my dad
1: <laughs> so anyway i saw the original and i remember getting excited cuz it came out after star wars right like it and it was kind of the next sci-fi blockbuster and i was just so did anthony thrilled. daniels <laughs> and uh, i remember watching it being confused yeah cuz it is it was a slow roll i kind of
0: love that movie
1: well it definitely marches the beat of its own drum and i remember the teleporter death in that the the teleportation remember those guys that get caught in the teleportation yeah they get jacked around and die and then there's a bald woman with a gem in the middle of her forehead and it's rated g for gem (laughs) yeah we got to do that we got to do that movie for sure well when we do it we
0: have to do all the Star Trek movies, and it's gonna be a dick of a time coming up with songs for them.
1: Wrath of Khan, of course,
0: released as re- released in Prague as Perfect Cop. This movie <laughs> in France, it was known as Motherfuckers vs. Hilltops.
1: <laughs> I can't believe they're called the Mountain Kings. What What is kingly about any of their actions in this film? They sit on they sit a lot like Kingwood. They definitely take their time catching up to this group now we'll we'll go over the plot, but there is a lot of resting in this movie. There's a lot of nap time. I mean, it's just starting to get dusk, and they're like, let's wrap it up, sleep it off. yeah you know Meanwhile, they're these people are in danger and they die <laughs> 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 anyway, so let's let's talk about the start of the film. you mentioned a jewel thief.
0: Yeah, there's a standoff with the police. The villain well, of this
1: you, movie is the smartest person in this movie. yes. By far. And
0: he makes the cops look like a bunch of loony bins, man. He really, really just takes complete advantage of them. Gets his way 100%.
1: So at the beginning of the movie, there's a, it uh, looks like a, a speeding car and it parks in front of a jewelry shop and there's a break-in and, or it, well, it doesn't even, it's not even a break-in. It looks, the guy gets in and PJs. He's got it. Speaking of slippers, he's got slippers on. He's got PJ bottoms. He starts to. She was uh, so good in uh, Halloween. That starts to splash around some diamonds. he got tons of diamonds he's collecting. Even even hurriedly like, leaving some. Because you could tell he's in a hurry. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's being. this guy's being interrogated by the star of the film. One, Sidney Poitier. Someone who I've been on record saying I think is a disgusting actor. Just, Why do you say that?
0: Because he obviously is a trailblazing actor. Because he sucks at acting. And he has two things he does. He's either way over the top. or intensely monotone, which he is in the majority of the first half of this film, the most monotone
1: performance. You said that you said that you ripped him and then you have to like him a little bit in this film because he's very silly in this film.
0: He is. I think the second half, like the second half, I love him, but Mm -hmm. I think you and I are in on the joke. I'm not a hundred percent sure he is.
1: I think he's in on the joke. I think one of the things that I love about him is he directed stir crazy, which I forgot a movie that I love. Don't want to watch now. Why is it just, it was funny
0: in 82, whenever 81, mm-hmm. whenever it came out. But man, that is a tough watch now.
1: Really? You've seen it recently? I saw
0: it in the 90s and it was a rough watch. Really? Because I, yeah, you know, I mean, that was like, that was I one can't. of those big ones for me. I have me. fond
1: memories. I have fond memories. Me too. Mm-hmm. That was the good one.
0: To me, that was the good prior and uh, Wilder movie. Like Silver Streak, the Strike, best one. Not a big fan of uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Not a big fan, but Stir Crazy was the one. But I think whoa, it's. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Not a big fan of See No Evil, Hear No Evil. I. Don't believe you. <laughs> what a bold statement! Really, filmmakers were like, "Wait, this, this really bold? worked two decades ago. Let's try it again." Anyway, so so this is this interrogation happens. This this guy comes out. This he owns the jewelry store. He's robbing his own store. They're like, "What in the absolute are you shitting me?" Uh, who knows how the police are on to him? Even you could just go to your own store and rip it off. You think no one would pay attention? He admits that's just Ray Kroc that, eating a hamburger. Really, exactly. And there's. <laughs> And he says, look, don't call my house. Don't call my wife. She is being held hostage by a very violent person, very scary person. And he wants these diamonds. Like he wants these. What do you call them? Diamonds. Is that the fake diamonds? I don't know. He wants these diamonds. He wants these jewels. And I got to get them back before he kills my wife. And so Sidney Poitier says, look here, we'll set up a sting op. We'll go surround the house and turn on all the lights and flush them out. So then you know it's just Clancy Brown that's the thing about this movie it tries to hide who the killer is at the first half of the movie you don't really know who the killer is unless you're a movie fan and you recognize Clancy Brown's voice as the bad guy talking to Sidney Poitier so the first 30 minutes of the film is weird because he says we're going to have a sting up and mm -hmm. then he's having tantric sex with
0: Sidney Poitier for at least 25 minutes I was like what the
1: (laughs) sting up so anyway they they say that you know Old Sydney is like what's his name? I'm it's his name of his character in this. Do you remember?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I know Barringer's Knox.
0: Yeah, I mean of course. He's mm-hmm. he, he's uh he's the best. He's great in it. Does
1: he play like Danton or something? He yeah. played, his Last name Stanton.
0: Yeah, Warren. Warren Stanton.
1: So his first name's Warren. Yeah. So Stanton is like uh, telling the bad guy, "Look, you're gonna come out of the house. We're not gonna kill you. You're just gonna be under arrest. You're gonna release all the hostages, the maiden there." So Clancy sends the maid out and shoots her in the back. Sydney's like, "Strike one." for my negotiate negotiation tactics and clancy brown's like just fill up that car out there police cruiser right or whatever with with like a cb radio all sorts of great shit money a sniper the diamonds oh the diamonds and so and then old sydney you're supposed to follow me to the destination so any anything clancy says they do and then he also gets away and kills the hostage he kills this guy's wife and then the next day um the cops were like, hey, you know, Stanton, no problem, man. You did all you could. You did a fantastic job out there. You know, we should give you a promotion. What a fantastic job you did. Unfortunately, two people are dead and the guy got away. 100%. But hey, that's fine. That happens. That's really what they're saying to him. Right. Like, his, his boss is saying that to him. It's a, directed by Roger Spottiswood, by the way, of Turner and Hooch fame. They follow him to appear. They do. They follow Clancy to appear. It's just Sydney, but then there's a sniper in his and back. And Clancy
0: seat. is doing like a Batman voice. He me. is, but it's yeah, it's great. And there's this Exorcist shot of Sydney Poitier walking on the pier. One hundred percent, a shot of, uh, like the Exorcist shot with uh, Father Marin in the in the shadows. It's, it's a, if it's not an outright homage, it's a it's a steal.
1: So we I failed to mention this uh, when the reason they can't shoot Clancy is because he comes out with a comforter over him out of the house with the hostage underneath, so they don't know whose feet is what. I guess the blanket actually is covering the feet. Then he gets into this car and then he blanket drives. Like he put, he tents the blanket over yeah. the and just he blanket drives. So this woman is under, she's under um, a blanket for her last few minutes of life. And then remember, Clancy's like, this, the bad guy's holding her as a body shield, like in front of him to pick up the diamonds. Remember, he, well, he asks City to throw the diamonds yeah. and he throws it like two feet. And
0: in in, in the Batman voice, Clancy says, Jesus Christ! Is that as far as you can throw?
1: <laughs> That's <what he> says. <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, Stanton is just throwing him a little bit, right? Like he's doing it on purpose, so Clancy has to get out of the car, right? And it, it backfires just like every single other thing. Everything, but back- and, and this woman ends up with a, a hole in her eye with a bullet inside, you know?
0: Yeah, and and he also makes him follow this boat which he has tied off the steering wheel of, and that they lose a hundred percent. So, yeah, you're right. The next day, the chief is like, you know, you did everything perfect, Stanton. Uh, I'm going to get you a medal for this. But uh, he got away. As a matter of fact, I'm looking to the police manual. Looks like it's going to need a page one rewrite.
1: So they're they're trying to like hide the the, the, the they they want to hide the identity of the killer. That's a big part of this movie. And so the next day, you see, you know, you're with the killer, and and he's driving, but you can't see his face, and you just see him like it's almost like a POV shot. I, I guess it is. And he's he has that bag of diamonds and he's goosing them like he's giving that old like sexual like feel like he's so excited to have the diamonds. They're doing all the sorts of stuff so they don't have to show you his face. Yeah. And then he comes across a roadblock and freaks out. It's not a roadblock to capture him. He still freaks out and then he goes off the beaten trail and he bumps into a tourist that is excited to get this fishing trip started. And then the next scene is that guy's dead. <laughs> And old Sydney Poitier is like uh, at the crime scene. Well, you know, doing he, doing his worst.
0: He got shot in the eye in the same way. It's so weird that they would have mm-hmm. the internet, you know, to where they know that he got yeah. he got eye shot, and it's got to be my guy, millions of miles right. away. But whatever
1: But he knows that they know that this guy is blending in with this this trip. They know this bag. They don't know who he is. They don't have a visual. They they just know that he is taking this victim's clothes and set out on this trip that's going up the mountain to catch fish led by Kirstie Alley. And so they get her boyfriend involved. This guy is this, his name's Tom, you know, his name's Knox, but played by Tom Beringer and he's this kind of backwoods legend who can do all sorts of great shit, but he he hates people, but he loves Kirsty.
0: So he hates people.
1: This this is where the movie starts, where Stanton needs this guy to take him into the woods because he's obviously he's allergic to the woods. And Tom is <sighs> about to set up, he's about to set out for himself. Like he's about to set up, he's about to go off and and, and take care of business himself. Cindy Poitiers is like, I'll arrest you if you don't take me. And so this starts like the this buddy. Comedy. Well, it is a. It's
0: more of a comedy than an action film when they're involved. And to Berenger's credit, he does a good job of dialing back the Berenger at times because you know he had just come off of playing Barnes and Platoon, Mm -hmm. the baddie. uh,
1: I mean TBD. (laughs) You know he has a headband in this. That's a. That's a. Is that? Did he ever? Defoe had the headband in Platoon, or they both? No, he did. I mean Defoe. And so Berenger steals his look for this movie a little bit. He tied. He's the one that's tying on the headband or putting it on.
0: That's a super zoom.
1: That's huge. Yeah, and uh, Behringer looking beautiful in this movie. By the way, I'm not going pretty. I'm not
0: going to argue with you.
1: Yeah, Behringer's devastatingly a- handsome, rugged. You know, a
0: little unkempt
1: in a cool way. Yeah, and he starts to he starts to um, go through uh, Stanton stuff. And it's a bunch of like, you know, new, it's like a battery powered socks and like mm-hmm. a bunch of just newbie shit that someone would take camping. He's disgusted. He's like throwing stuff over his shoulder. You know, this guy's just never been, he's always in suits, poor old Sydney. And Berenger. I mean, he's never been in a corporate office.
0: You don't know he's that. He's never.
1: He's never been to the city. He doesn't know there are buildings. Like he hasn't heard of a skyscraper. You know what I'm saying?
0: I think you're wrong. I think Jonathan Knox uh, experienced it, felt it was beneath him and moved, moved to the wilderness. I think he's, uh, he's got the best of both worlds. He saw. You think he
1: right. used to, you think he used to, he used to work on wall street. Is that your backstory for him? Huh? My
0: backstory for him is no, probably he was probably military, right? Yeah. He did that. Oh yeah. Went overseas, did all that action, you know, got tired of that conflict in Granada and said, fuck this went. And he was a, you know, he probably worked at, you know, maybe a a halfway house or an Ace Hardware, you know, chimney sweep.
1: This is my, I have the same kind of backstory for him, except my backstory involves him working at a foot Locker, <laughs> The same one that Matt Damon, the first foot Locker that Matt Damon from Toronto, Toronto yeah. worked in. Yeah, this is, he got fed up measuring people's feet, you know, bending the knee right. to these slovenly sh- shoppers, these, these. He's lazy, shopper. He couldn't do it anymore. He's like, I need the woods directly, injected into my vein. I need some pine. Yeah, he's like, I'm out of here. And he threw his his referee jersey down in disgust. Yeah, he said, like, and threw his whistle across the mall. He's like, I'm out of here. He's like, you know, fucking Asics are for dicks, man. I don't got
0: time for this shit. You know, and and he was very confused by the metal foot measuring contraption. Mm -hmm. you know he's like what is this some sort of uh, what is this like chinese math i don't know what the hell's going on i'm screwed
1: kept forgetting the combination and getting yelled at by his teen you know 19 year old manager yeah combination to the locker because they have that's in foot locker right they have a bunch of lockers (laughs) that they keep the shoes in and the yeah and then the employees have to remember the the combinations to the locks to get at the shoes right is that how it works there yeah is a foot locker still around of course they are i'm gonna go i'm gonna go super deep they have A new,
0: like an upscale footlocker companion store. What are you talking about? So if you go to, you'll go to a mall and there'll be a footlocker. And then Mm -hmm. there'll be the VIP footlocker with like the fancy shoes. I would say 10% of the stores in malls are shoes. And you'll have, what is it? Footlocker, you'll have athlete's foot. You'll you'll have like three or four different ones in the same
1: mall. Blows your mind. Footlocker still exists, huh? Yeah. That's amazing. We should go together. It'd be awesome. I'd love to get myself back into a footlocker and check it out. That sounds like a date let's do it yeah. and um what if they let us record an episode there <laughs> what if that's our Have thing
0: you? what if that's our thing that's what the, that's our breakthrough man these guys were good before but now that they've started recording at a footlocker
1: i'd love their approach to the management and just say hey you know can you let's just don't say no yet what's after hours look like you know can we sit on these stools and record a podcast yeah. about firewall harrison ford yeah
0: I think I've been to a footlocker
1: where there was a DJ. <laughs> I'm not imagining this. A lot of sports tie-ins at the Foot Locker, right? Is that my remembering correctly? Yeah. They were wearing whistles, right, around their neck. They may I think they were fake. Oh, they didn't really blow? Yeah, non-blowing. Non-blowing whistles they had. You know, oh, that's a that's a huge zoom. If that's true. Yeah. I'm gonna Google this, but if they had non-working whistles. That is a huge that might be the hugest zoom in the history of our show.
0: their their procurement teams like China, look, we need you to build about six hundred thousand non-functioning
1: whistles. <laughs> Take out the P. Is that what they have in there in whistles? They have a little P in there. I don't there think, it's pee. I think
0: it's a P. I think it's a tiny ball that moves around inside the
1: blowing mechanism. It's like a tiny coconut. That's what I always look like to me, I, like a piece of cork or something. So it's, it's a pea. It's like a it's like one of those BBs in those safe BB guns, you know. Wonder if I, you know what's the best? What's the best whistle filling? That's another thing we should figure out, right? Because I'm sure there's it there's a variety, you know. I digre- we digress a you little know, bit. You know but... Who their
0: product tester was? Hmm. Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Yep. So they go to the they go to the wilderness, and uh, they are hot.
1: They are lukewarm on the trail of Clancy Brown from Blade. <laughs> oh my God, I, could have, I could not get it. You want to do a stars board? I was like, what? what are you talking about? Star is blown. <laughs> Chris Christofferson, a road scholar, by the way. I'm going to zoom in. So is uh, Jonathan Hawks in,
0: in Miami Vice.
1: <laughs> he learned fast. <laughs> yeah. Graduated quickly. Speaking of um, Dinklage,
0: I bumped into him at the Inch Locker.
1: Jeez. These two incompatible non-friends set up on the mountain to, to go up the mountain to chase these this crew, this, 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 uh, this group of weekenders. I don't know. Are they there for just the weekend? They may be non-compatible, but I would I will venture to say that they have a more believable, warm,
0: authentic, romantic tent sequence than Brokeback Mountain. You think so? 100 yeah, percent There's something about it. It's very intimate. You know, I would have tango and cashed it, maybe made it like where they're over, like they're making, they're commenting on how outrageous what they're doing is. Uh -uh. Mm Uh-uh. It's romantic. It's sweet.
1: And it's it's, very sweet for sure. And it's
0: effective. I mean, the next next time you see these guys, they are
1: delightful. I mean, here's the thing about this movie that's hilarious is the number one thing you want from this movie is those two guys to become friends. The number two thing is you want the killer to get away. (laughs) It's a very strange if you flip-flop flip-flop those for me, <laughs> a distant second to the killer getting away. The killer is despicable. And the, what makes it worse is whenever you get to this crew, you know, you, these crew of men that, you know, there's a snake in the grass, you know, one of them. And it's almost like the thing, you know, one of them's the thing, right. And right. Richard Mauser was in the thing. Yeah. That one of them is a killer. You just don't know who it is. Unless like I said, you know, Clancy Brown's voice, but Clancy Brown is very friendly with the crew. Like he's, he's busting jokes. He's uh poking these guys in the ribs, making fun of them, having a grand old he's time. Got
0: big, and he's got that big curly hair.
1: Oh, beautiful, beautiful curly it hair. Makes you love him hard. This book- Clancy Brown is a legend. He's amazing. Always been good. One hundred, still good. Yeah, was he? Was Blue Steel before or after this? Probably after. It's probably around the same time, honestly, but probably after.
0: No, Clancy Brown he- is
1: uh, an astonishing, astonishing
0: performer, uh, both on the screen, at the microphone, endurance. For days, uh, has done it all. I mean, you look at the breadth of his domain from Carnival to Billions to Highlander to all this shit. I would say he's not unlike Ron Perlman in a way where he is just good at everything and doesn't get the credit they deserve.
1: He, they're both big men. Let me zoom in. They
0: both have pretty gigantic heads. You're right.
1: You think Clancy stands six foot four?
0: No, I bet you he's a scant, I bet you he's 5'11 in this. Fuck no. Clancy's a tall drink of water. I think you think he's short. Five eleven is not short to a guy like me.
1: No, I, I'm saying shorter than that. I, he always like just projects big to me.
0: He does. Like pro- he, he projects. He, yeah, you're right. He's five three. I mean six three. He's a big man. But see, the thing is, I always assume that everybody's that looks large on screen is only large because most actors are small.
1: Yeah, that's true. I say there's no right. There's no small parts. Only small farts. You ever hear that line?
0: I have not, and I hope I can. Uh, luckily I have editor power. <laughs> On this show. Clap it out. <laughs> Clap it out. Um, so they're in the woods. Shit's happening. Basically, Berenger and Sydney Partier just have meat cutes over and over again in the wilderness. That's
1: all that happens. Yeah. So these, like I said before, these guys are high mount- mountain fly fishing. That's what they're actually doing. I wrote that down. They're actually going there to fly fish. Fishing for flies up there, neck yeah, Is that what that means? That's why they have little tiny Gina Davises that they put at the end of the line. <laughs>
0: And they're and they're chastising Mr. Coffin because he accidentally did a Stathis Boren's lore. Whoa,
1: you fucked up! And one thing that's cool that I that I thought that that was nice. They had like little Rod Steiger faces on some of the lures because he was in you know Amityville. They didn't get the flies in his face. That's right. Rod Steiger, my dad's my dad's least favorite actor. Did he see the Specialist? No, I don't think so. Because that may be his worst performance. We need to do we that. Pop- we need to do that movie. We got to pause the podcast so I can call my dad. Dad, did you see the specialist? Yes. Um, we need to see, we need to do the specialist. Antonio Banderas and Sharon Stone as well, right? No, no, no. Oh, no. That's the that's, uh, Stallone and Stone. Sharon Stone. Yeah. Yeah. But no. And Steiger. Who else?
0: I mean, That's enough. What more do you Erica need? Erica Rob, Robertson there. Maybe so. But it's rock solid. It's, a, it's something else. But Rod Steiger playing a Cuban. Oops. Oops. Rod Steiger may never have been good. His he career has an Oscar. Well, his the estate has an Oscar.
1: What do you win for? Do you win for in the heat of the night? Probably yeah.
0: By the way, um, I
1: didn't realize this. That's the Sydney Point movie. His real name is Rod's Tiger. <laughs> huge, huge zoom. I never heard that <laughs> before. His stage name is Rod's Tiger. Right, but it's R O D apostrophe, yes
0: tiger is his real name like, <laughs> and then he's in a movie where people get possessed and he's
1: got a possessive
0: name i like
1: it it's
0: true he killed it yeah so let's
1: talk about one of the best scenes in the movie when uh cindy poitier and I you we keep saying his name am i saying it wrong obviously how do you it's say poitier, it? i mean most people say poitier
0: but i i like to, poitier? yeah i like to i like to fuck with it like make it sound pretentious Is
1: Sydney Poitier, um, his, he's smelling hair at one point. <laughs> he sure is. is. What you're talking about? That's not
0: the scene. I, I'd like to, you know, introduce this film to somebody up in the south. Let's watch that Sydney Pointer movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's black. Never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the heat of the night, turned into a TV show. It did. That's a huge zoom. <laughs> May Carol Connor in that. I love him. I don't remember who played um, SP's part though. Do you? It was uh, Richard Brooks, maybe or Avery Brooks.
0: No, I think no, Richard who... Brooks. Yeah, it might have been Howard Rollins. Rollins. It's either the Henry guy. Who... It's either the guy who killed himself or the other one. Howard Rollins. It was. Yep. Yeah. This was before or after Black Flag. We have <laughs> you haven't identified this amazing scene I'm talking about. Oh,
1: okay. I'm sorry. Go. You, you it, tell it, me. It, hey.
0: it, it might it may happen a little bit after the scene you're about to reference. So let's do your thing and then we'll get back to my amazing.
1: Well, is this one ever? he that that Berenger is ripping you know Sydney is they are ripping Stanton and saying there and he zooms in like we would and he said there are no cable cars in the woods there's no taxi cabs in the woods is that what he's talking about no no, but he lays it out he does he's lying to him (laughs) because there is a cable car in the woods I mean there is sort of yeah you know yeah. We had
0: pretty much spot on a cable car in the woods.
1: <laughs> it is on cables. And it really nails, it nails Barringer. But anyway, what's the scene you're talking about? It's after that.
0: Um, The scene with the moose.
1: Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. It is adorable. It's,
0: it is. is it ador- there's a scene where Sydney Poitier is in the house, opens the door to this cabin, this cold-ass cabin, and there's a moose standing right there looking at yeah, him. Because
1: this is one of the many naps that they take on the way <laughs> yeah. to save these people. Yeah. He wakes up in the morning. They're they're,
0: they're asking Spottiswood, what was your influence for this movie? He's like Tolkien. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fucking Lord of the Rings with Sidney Poitier, basically. (laughs) 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 I mean, the fucking Minds of Moria. It is... uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so what is like, who's the ring? Kiersey Alley. I guess so, yeah. yeah. And I wish they'd throw into the fiery chasm from whence she came. <laughs> um, Clancy's
0: the Balrog, because we're just talking fellowship, really. But that, Balrog's at least six, four. That Marmot second breakfast. I mean, it's it's true. But so there's a scene where he opens the door, there's a moose there, and the shot of Sydney Poitier looking at it is magic and gold
1: intertwined. No, it's almost like Looney Tunes. He looks at it, he closes the door, and then he kind of blinks like he's, am I dreaming, opens it up again, and it's not there. And, it, and then Behringer walks up. It's so good. Do you see the moose? <laughs> it's so good. It's such it's a That's is the way the moose is standing at the door perfectly, like it's about to come in for coffee. You know, like it's It's like like it almost rang the doorbell. I like it's the very- fact that it wasn't there, indicating the moose vamoosed and the moose uh, an un- underutilized creature in film and a beautiful awe-inspiring creature right
0: gigantic animal yes i mean you ever seen one of those dick swingers walk by
1: i don't know if i've ever seen a, a moose up close or in, in real life i can't recall if i did but they have a huge head of antlers typically right they can really I mean, that's them they got some tough stuff up front right
0: yeah oh yeah and they and they, but the that's is- hardware Right, but they're primordial. When you look at them, it's you know you've seen a horse. I would assume it's like somebody pinched and zoomed a horse a lot. Are they nice? They're nice, but they can they can inadvertently fuck up a future. And I think that if you they've been known to knock cars over and stuff like that. So they could be. Perfect. Oh, I know about that. They can get perturbed.
1: What's their diet like? What do they like to eat? Oh,
0: that's a great. Can question. Can zoom in? I'm I, I'm thinking berries and shit.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking berries. Yeah.
0: I'd like to. I'd like to think that a moose is a secret carnivore, like when yeah. no one's looking. Like we haven't observed this in nature, but it's it's it just ravishes bobcats and stuff. It's just like completely just.
1: Kevin Smith for a long time threatened to make a killer moose movie. He didn't make it, did he?
0: I think he just ate too much moose. I think that's what you're thinking of.
1: Um, did you notice that there's a number on the back of uh, Tom? I, it might have actually been on the back of the sheriff's car, who definitely spills tea about Knox and Kirstie Alley about. Tom Berridge and Christy Alley is talking about their love story to to Sydney for like a like a minute or two, and then anyway, in the back of the sheriff's car, did you see the number? No, four zero six nine. Nick, nice forty sixty nine. So, first of all, the theme of our show recently is that number. Yeah. So, f- first of all, I love seeing Richard Masur in movies.
0: I call him Messor. You call him? What do you call him? Richard measure. What do you call Mauser, I guess I'm probably wrong. Um, I'm probably wrong. He was one of those guys who was ubiquitous for like a decade in a lot of good movies. Low energy guy, but you got to love
1: him. He's great. He's got a great look. He was in the thing, gets killed by McCready and is not the thing. Right. And everybody's like, oh, you're just a murderer now, McCready. Like they're all pissed at him because they test his blood. After the fact, right, and he and it doesn't spring to life. But
0: the thing I love about him is he looks like a guy who they just literally grabbed off the street and threw into movies, right? He looks like a mess, like he doesn't look like a real actor. And he, he looks like a
1: dad, he looks like a dad. Well, he
0: probably was. I mean, I don't mean to zoom in. Did we do we know much about him? He still, he's, still, he's still out there, I, he's still killing. Please me. tell me 100%, 100%. Please tell me he survived COVID.
1: Richard, you know, he's a theater actor too. There's no way I don't think so an american character actor zoom in he's 72 years young still young look at this guy um, has he gone great of course he's got the grayest beard that you could ever imagine um he, you know he's started the my girl movies at least the second one see his last thing nick he's on summer camp island okay. 2021 he's still in there I, ho- I hope he plays one of the campers It's a mr robot Sound younger. He's 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 doing it. He's on TV. He's Orange is the New Black. He's he's a working actor. So he seems like the kind of guy who'd have gotten behind the camera post haste. Think so?
0: Yeah, like directing episodes of It's Your Move, Silver Spoons, and shit like that.
1: Director. Yeah, he's directed uh, picket fences. Good for him. He he directed from eighty six to ninety five, and he, I think he probably decided, you know, this isn't for me. I'm better. The camera likes to soak me up, put me back out front. Yep. And uh, oh, by the way, a tall man, six foot one says on Wikipedia here, short stint at Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he, has he have an Insta? I'm going to check it out. Can you imagine if we both get to follow Richard Mouser Can you imagine on if it's right.
0: the real Richard Mouser on Instagram and it's exotic photography? You know, like it's him coming out of the shower with just some steam covered in his dick sack?
1: I got some good news. Tell me. He's on there.
0: There is no way, Richard, no fucking way he's on Instagram. There is no way. Well, he's about to blow up follower-wise.
1: <laughs> now look, he did post the same picture of what looks like him and his grandchild three times. It could be Jesus. someone impersonating him, but I think it looks like okay. an old man's Instagram. Okay, wait a I, minute. Think all right, I want you to take a look at the web address on his profile. <laughs> okay, so the, <laughs> the netwillappear.org. All right, so it's not him? Is that what you're telling me? It's him. I'm clicking it. I like the fact that you think it's not him, yet someone has close-up selfies of him. <laughs> that is so Richard Messore. 13 weeks ago, posted a picture of the sky. One word caption, sunset. Yep. And then he's got to be. Yeah, I'm so proud of him. And then uh, I just replied to that post, I loved you in the thing, and shoot to kill. You died in both. I, uh, Zoom in.
0: Oh, so he's in a thing called The Net. Uh, yeah, this is he. He took a stab at
1: it, man. I could not be more happy about this turn of events. <laughs> he only has like nine posts, but I mean, it's look, we're doing the work out here. We um, unearthed Richard Masura's Instagram. <laughs> so
0: during the pursuit early on, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously Portier is not pulling his weight in the wilderness, but there is a scene. They discover this cable car you're talking about. Now, Clancy has sabotaged it as they've crossed the uh, gorge, and mm-hmm. Behringer has to go across to kind of retrieve it, and that yeah. doesn't go good. He gets hit. In the, no, he, gets, he gets hit in the face with the car. He's swinging around, and it's up to Sydney to save his
1: ass. Yeah, because they he t- they tie a rope that Behringer doesn't. He didn't think he's going to need, but then <clears throat> when he starts to fall because he gets knocked off this wire, it's up to Sydney you know, to think fast and like tie that, that rope as he's falling to his death, he kind of like, he basically saves it, obviously saves his life. And then Berenger like bangs up his arm on this rock face. And it's, it's a mess. This is the
0: eighties, especially we see this
1: happen pretty much in real time. Mm -hmm. And it gets old. It gets old. (laughs) He's swinging against the rocks. Yeah. First of all, that, that would kill you. I think you have like a rope tied around your waist and you fall. And then you just, all of a sudden you get, you hit a wall. Like it just like you you get stopped and then you hit a, a rock.
0: Well, I, re- I, think would I recently w- watched the cave again and something similar yeah. happens to Piper Parabo in that. She makes it's a
1: it. That's a weird death. She makes is Isn't it. it?
0: I love that death.
1: She fights, she fights, she fights, and then just immediately dies. Right. Isn't she that what dies happens? off
0: screen. If I'm not mistaken, he just, then the next scene is him just with her, with her body.
1: What would be neat is if in this movie, what Sponiswood does is, you know, as you follow this, this group, like I said, you know, one of them is a killer everybody's like nice but he also takes the time to kind of set you know he kind of focuses on different people and you know there's this and you're thinking you know this could be the killer by the like, way this could be
0: andrew, andrew robinson one of those guys too right right the right. villain from dirty harry
1: and i think that they cast all villains like people are known for being villains and so people would be tricked um, how did they know Kirsty alley would turn out to be a villain and so i think that's cool like i think if they would have done a better job disguising the voice at the beginning like did like a I don't know, like a robot voice or had Richard Simmons do it. Something like just really throw you off. And then you didn't know, you know, I imagine a lot of people didn't know, but this, this would be, that's a, that's a cool like thing to do in this movie, I think. So whenever it's revealed, it's a surprise. It's, it's Um, not
0: that, I mean, you see these characters twice basically before they're sent to the, uh, the end. So there's only like some little snippets of them interacting as they
1: travel the forest. So whatever. Yeah, but they're, they're having fun. They're, you're getting to know them a little bit. They're funny, and then all of a sudden they're dead. They die great, though. That's a good scene. Well, that's the scene that I, I remembered from this. And so, yeah, talk a little bit about what happened. Well, first, I mean, like,
0: there's a scene where Kirstie Alley surfaces carrying a bundle of sticks. I say you guys hit thetharis.com and check check that word. See what else that means. They're uh, they're they're on a really treacherous little mountainside. There, Kirstie Alley, being a perfect guide, leaves. She's over the. She's over the over the side of the hill there. She's fine, leaving these guys behind her on this treacherous slope. Mm-hmm. And Richard trips a little bit, falls down. Clancy's
1: there. He's like, "Look, let me help you." He doesn't just fall down. He's like almost over this cliff. Right. Like he's like, "Hang on for dear life." And then, yeah, Clancy drops a a, a gun as he's trying to help his his fellow uh, fishermen.
0: Yeah, in better times, he would have had that gun better holstered. And I mm-hmm. bet you those guys would have emerged from the forest fine.
1: Clancy's like, "Get, hand the gun to me before I lift you up." Please hand the gun to me. So Richard Mauser does, and so what happens? I'm sorry, I cut you. I cut into your story. No, no, no. he
0: he starts to help. You know, he gets the gun back, uh, and then he, he he helps Richard up, and then he sends him back down.
1: Yeah, so he starts to lift him up, and then he gets to the point where Richard Mauser is basically being pulled up to to safety, and then in the middle of that. Clancy lets him go, and he falls to his death into the creek. Now, when I was younger, I thought, "Well, he, there's a splash," and I was like, "Well, maybe he survived." Down when there. he
0: hits the water, it looks like something that's about eight pounds that hits the water.
1: Yeah. When
0: the other guys hit the water, it looks more appropriate as far as the splash that it makes. But he—that's something you got to know about Richard. He falls light.
1: So yeah, what happens is these guys hear their friends screaming. They run, or their 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 fellow camper. They run to see what's happening. Clancy, then of course pushes the rest of this crew off of of the mountain except Kirstie Alley right they all splash into that creek and I'm like is it is it deep are they still alive no they're not
0: it's in our imagination for a few minutes in the movie whether they made it or not
1: they're certainly far
0: away at this point
1: you know I wonder if Spotswood did this because he didn't want to film fishing maybe he was just nervous about filming them fishing so he had them killed before they got to the the scenic lake at top of the mountain.
0: He uh, wasn't supposed to direct this. He was the location scout
1: originally. Yeah. <laughs> <It's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, our, 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 you know, our heroes are on horses, just like uh, Billy Bob and Grizzly Maze They're in the woods. and Then they soon ditch those horses. Uh, uh, just this like, all before the moose. Uh, I know this is all before just the like
0: the fellowship of the ring.
1: They actually have to climb up. Like they actually have to do some heavy duty climbing. And are trying to ditch. Stand though, you know, or Knox is trying to just stand the whole way, right? And they get to a part where they have to climb up like a 90-like you know, a basically a straight-up rock face. Mm-hmm. And Baron's like, See you later. Portier is stubborn, he's stubborn, and he does it too. Although well, he
0: has to be, well, that's later. Later is when he has to be carried up by the uh, that's much later,
1: isn't it? Much later,
0: yeah. but he, he has to, he sends the horse packing with a gunshot.
1: In that scene, Oh, I know, I know, I was just skipping over all but, that. Uh, yeah. So
0: they eventually are—they're uh, lower than Kirstie and Clancy, and they're—they find some treats in the water. They discover the bloated. They—they they find the they, bloateds they need, down there.
1: They need some water, and then they, yeah, they find some. They find the deads, and you know, Beringer's combing through the deads looking for Sarah. His, you know, Kirstie Alley can't can't find her. He's like, "Where's the girl one out of these? Where's the girl one?" And he's like throwing the other ones over his shoulder, looking for. He can't find her. <laughs> she might have floated down the river. That's his. That's what he thinks. And then Portia is like, "Well, no. This killer probably needs a guide, so she's probably still alive." Just Meanwhile, what say. a super fail! Like, what a super fail! They just lost five more people, four more people. Meanwhile, what do you think of the music in the woods? This wailing sax is happening. It's bad, but place? it gets much worse later. You know, there's this theme in the movie Microscope
0: where inclement weather threatens to interfere with the the, the productivity of our heroes. Mm-hmm. and sarah stormer brewing her eyes man because there is something on the on the horizon they are really worried there's like this back and forth with the authorities back at hq fancy mm-hmm. sabotages that radio he being the smartest person in the film he 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 gets kissy to reveal their true motive so he knows that the someone's hide on his tail it's pretty cool smart motherfucker man he just nails it
1: <laughs> did you see the huge zoom from the when he's he's kind of leveling you know city life because i stan is is ripping his cooking you know like because he finds that he's eating a rat remember he's eating a marmot a marmot but he he doesn't love it i think he calls it a rat he loves it until he's told that it's not a rabbit and then barringer says i think oysters taste like snot
0: if i'm not mistaken though he gets really up in arms when he finds out that it's a rodent aren't rabbits rodents
1: why you what does it matter because Is he, he like says rabbits?
0: once he once he finds out it's a he goes it's, it's a rodent and he and he gets grossed out but aren't rabbits rodents? I don't he know. was hoping it was a rabbit.
1: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't catch that part. Was he was he wishing for a rabbit? He,
0: yeah, he thought it was a he thought it was a rabbit. So they're not really a robot.
1: I mean, a, a rodent.
0: <laughs> they are mammals in the family Leparate.
1: How, how about this line from Clancy to uh Christy Alley once he pushes these guys? off the off the mountain and, and she's horrified and crying and fearing for her life and he said let's forget this happened <laughs> and let's just continue hiking. We're just on this trip, me and you. And then Berenger puts on the best hat I've ever seen. <laughs> Is that before after they, they read the knife note in the cabin? I'm not sure. What tell me describe this 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 hat. I don't remember it. He's just wearing this adorable hat, like an outdoor hat. It's like something you'd find at an Orvis you know clearance,
0: but it looks—it's so cute. He, it cutens him up, and he doesn't need the help.
1: I love there's this line in this when Behringer confronts uh, Sydney Poitier, and he's like, "You said it was extortion and murder, but you're leaving something else out. What is it?" Stan's like, "Well, he also killed a hostage." And I'm like, "Extortion and murder didn't make you like worried enough for your like fiance."
0: <laughs> I like the fact that. One of the things that uh, Poitiers is—he's you know—he's sharing what he loves about the city. Where they're in that cave eating the marmot, mm-hmm. and he's telling Berenger about all the things that the city provides. And he's like going out after midnight uh, and getting something to eat. Meanwhile, it's after midnight. He's getting something to eat. Yeah. So he didn't zoom That's in. True. He did not zoom in
1: appropriately. He did. And then
0: there's the famous diamond throwing sequence in this film where Clancy is trying to give uh, Kirsty a little bit of a pick me up. Gives her a diamond. Yeah. Girl's best friend. Zoom in. Yeah. Not not, not this one. Worst rival. Throws that diamond across the freaking sea.
1: And she doesn't want it. She throws it into the woods, which she's like, all right. But he gets he's kind of getting sexual with her really weirdly. You know, it's like getting all kind of getting too close to her, getting sexually threatening to her. He's really kind of a, a guy that delights in terrifying people and obviously killing people. He's a piece of shit. He's a scumbag. I'm going to zoom in. I'm also going to zoom in that Stan is the worst one of the worst cops that we've had on the show saying a lot lot of it is saying a lot. Um,
0: I like you zoom in that. He's a piece of shit. Awful person. Let me zoom in. Still the guy I wanted to win.
1: Of course. (laughs) And then he has this, even, you know, Stan has a speech where he's like, he's like, I've come up against the mafia. I've come up against the Klu -Klu 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 Klux Klan, the KGB. And you have to think, yeah, those, all those things are fine. You know what I'm saying? They're doing great. Yep. But I guess those are references to his previous film. That's
0: what, that's what they said. Yeah. Yeah you know what he didn't mention as one of the challenges he's gone up against was an acting instructor. Um, so that's that mountain climbing scene you were talking about happens then where Behringer is like, re- once they read that note, I believe he's, he's doubled down. He's like, I need to hustle. Cause I want to save Kirsty and those poor fishermen who are probably fine. He's like, I got to hustle. Sydney wakes up. Behringer's nowhere to be found. He's outside trying to leave. So they go to this really tough cliff face. Beringer scoots up at like, can I say like Legolas? Cindy's down there like Gimli, like what the effing! And uh, my God, there's a super confrontation. While while that scene's happening, the soundtrack switches to electronic drums. Just just reminding you that you are firmly entrenched in the 80s.
1: There's a shot of Behringer climbing up this mountain away from from you know Potier. and he's like they do a close up on his heels. And then, the, then that music comes in. The wailing sax comes in <laughs> as they show his feet. His booted feet. Yep. Look your feet, my man.
0: You caught the sax. I caught the electronic drums, you know?
1: I have to go back and listen. By the way, we saw this on YouTube. It was hard to find. We went, Nick wanted to do this movie for a while. It's hard. You can't stream it anywhere. Uh, you can buy it on DVD, I think, but it's on YouTube. Yep. Um, and looking it, quite nice. Yep. So go watch it on YouTube, You know guys. what's funny is...
0: It allowed me to go, because this existed on YouTube, I went and just checked, and lo and behold, I was able to watch the beginning of No Escape, also available beautifully on YouTube.
1: I mean, it's it's they say it's for some kind of film. This was part of some somebody showing it. I mean, how could YouTube have it, though?
0: YouTube is this, their tendrils are insane. By the way, No Escape is another film that's notoriously hard to find. It's not on any service. You can't get it. Right. And even better, it is the overseas version of it because it's called Escape from Absalom, which is how it was released overseas. By the way, this film, uh, Shoot to Kill, released in Japan as Dragon Cop, released in Guam as Dragon Mountain Men, released in Denmark as Death of the Jeweler's Wife. In Egypt, it was called Delicious Marmot, and in Poland, they called it Alien Dynax. (laughs) Just so you know.
1: My favorite move. You're talking about this mountain climbing scene. My favorite moment when is when Berenger looks down and sees Stanton struggling but climbing up the mountain, and he goes, "Ah!" Oh! Like he growls in frustration.
0: <laughs> now the best part of that scene is when Berenger finally relents and agrees to carry Mister Portier up, and yeah. Portier just wraps it around himself and is hanging. And he goes, "Ready?" And Berenger's like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta help, bitch."
1: <laughs> I'm not just, it's amazing that's
0: gonna hurl your ass up the mountain you need to put your fingers on stuff and act like you care yeah. and then we it's get the, to see Poitier is quite delightful in this. the second half of this movie you're right come on he is a monotone nightmare in the first half but it takes berenger is you know he unlocks him he unlocks him you know like a sweet rose then we get to discover what steve that's clancy brown's character what mm. his kryptonite is
1: do you remember? We don't want to eat remember. them when eat raw fish. That's for sure. Well, he
0: certainly doesn't want to eat fish. Like she eats. By the way, Kirsty mm-hmm. Alley eats that fish like Gollum in
1: this movie. Yeah, she does actually. But yeah, he, she, he, he can't light a fire. That's so the thing. She helps. He gets
0: his ass kicked by a match
1: in this movie. And uh, Kirsty Alley gets some moss, and she she knows how to bear grills it. Then it starts smoking out, and he's like, kicks it away. He's like, I don't want any smoke. You're you're trying to you know signal for help. So she's like, All right, I'll just eat these fish. Uh, raw, which it grosses him out. He does like a vomit face and she flings the fish at him. Yeah. And he dodges it. Yeah. They're having a little bit of a fun moment too on the mountain. Right. A little bit of a bonding moment. Yeah. I mean, and let's face it. What's the most common form of trout? Brown trout. Oh, you think that was a damn. Is that true?
0: Yeah, it is true. Then is the best scene the ice cave sequence where Berenger and Poitier. Poitier is having a rough go. So, and there's a storm coming because the storms are brewing mm-hmm. in her eyes. He digs a damn hole, and they get up in there, and the sweetest moment in the film happens.
1: Yeah, because uh, Poitiers is, like, basically freezing to death. Like, he can't ha- hack it. He's got probably the wrong clothes. He's shivering. And so Berenger digs a hole in the snow, and they get in a little, like you said, like a little cave, which is my dream as a kid. I would have loved to have a snow fort that went, like, kind of underground in the snow through a little hole. But that would have been scared. To, uh, that would have collapsed on me.
0: Wait, wait, are you thinking Wampa? Wampa cave, something like that.
1: I just would love to have like a little secret snow cave, you know. And I grew up in Illinois, so there's lots of snow. And I try to always put together like a cool snow fort, but an underground one, yeah, that's pretty. Like one, that, especially if you got a naked Behringer snuggling you. I know he definitely takes a shirt off and and because you know that that's what happens is you got to warm, you got to go skin to skin, you got to warm the body up, and he does. He saves, he saves us. And, and
0: Portier goes, right. is this like mountain survival?
1: And Behringer's like, no, that's a bonus
0: that it's mountain survival <sighs> thing i didn't even know it was a mountain survival thing i just like it
1: i want to kiss the earth goodbye in, in an eventful way Poitier is blo- under oh, in the throes of passion yeah he says your belly's ice cold that's what he, that's his pickup line in this he tells it to Stan. your belly is ice cold your belly <laughs> <laughs> is that a big tell if you're if you're freezing you're freezing out you're like uh you have hypothermia if your belly's cold i haven't heard this uh, and then Poit- Touch your belly. Touch, is it cold
0: Oh my God, he's dying. How, what base did they get to in there? You think?
1: Well, he does say your belly's cold. And then Stanton goes, his teeth are chattered, He says lower, even lower
0: in his, in his monotone voice. Boyd is like, you are penetrating me. No longer a sexual virgin. <laughs> it gives him everything. Um, so the great thing is these guys it's such an intimate scene it's it's not uncom- it's not weird they don't make it weird they don't there's no like making fun of, of the fact that, he
1: saved his life
0: Well I know but it, it's very easy for him to get grossed out by another man on top of him No not
1: at all and then the next scene By the way I just want to say this before you move on again wasting precious time catching up with these people they're buried in the snow trying to get warm as, as these people are getting wet. So they are in you know? a snow holocaust. And then down the street, Kirstie and Clancy are traipsing through 70 degree weather. I know they got their t-shirts on. They're fine. I guess these guys want higher to, get, to take a shortcut, so to speak, with that they get messed up when they almost die and have to nap for eight hours. Together in the naked mist. <laughs> yeah, they're having a blast bonding. Meanwhile, Sarah might be getting rape killed. You know, like that is always what might be happening and and they're like <laughs> Putty is over there brushing his teeth with a twig. By the way, like, this film features the worst
0: performance of 99 bottles of beer on the wall I've ever heard. Yeah. That's how we meet our, our our fishermen early in the film and they're singing this discordant, not in tempo with one another. It's a nightmare.
1: Usually a fun song to hear though. Usually cor- usually sounds amazing when you hear it. Yeah. Beautifully sung. <laughs> This is the weird case where you hear that song and it sounds shit like shit. Yeah, you ever do that song? You ever play it? No, you never sang that song.
0: No, I'm not a beer guy. First of all, I'm also not a group performance thing. I don't like when people sheep get into sheep mode and start doing rituals.
1: Mm-hmm. Plus, that's a dumb it's rather, song. It's rather long winded for a lie. It's
0: dumb as shit.
1: So they do catch up to the this crew. So what? Plus, happens I is can't count. Christy Alley and Clancy. You know, they're they're having you know. Kirstie likes at one point whips a branch at him. Remember, She she does the thing where she has a, she has a branch. She like kind of clears the path and then uh, lets it go. And it hits Clancy. Like she's like fucking with her, like the killer. Anyway, they get to like a precipice and then they leave. And then next thing, you know, Behringer and Poitier are there too, like right behind them. And then the reason they know they're right behind them is because Berenger smells the air. And he's like, they are just here.
0: But you forgot about the interaction that they have.
1: No, of course I did. What I they have I a bear visit? Oh God, i forgot. forgotten. I thought, is it Bart? It's,
0: but it's too small. It's amazing. It's an amazing sequence because Behringer gets killed. <laughs> he gets he hits his head on a rock bad in that scene.
1: I know. Yeah, well, he, they're running away because the bear comes Berger, after them.
0: There may be like a religious subplot to this because Behringer gets killed like three or four times in this movie and is fine. Mm-hmm. I think he might be Jesus.
1: He's supposed to be the expert in the woods, but he is definitely the one that almost dies a couple times. Yeah, he certainly. He, he Well, he and Sydney saves him. Sydney saves him in this. He, scene. he almost dies, and he also almost gets late. So it's kind of like
0: you know just the the extremes and the extreme temperature. So he gets his fuck knocked out by by a rock. The bear has shown up, and they don't. The mountain man doesn't know how to deal with the bear. He's like just back up slowly. Uh uh-uh, uh. That's not. That's like
1: one oh one. Don't. Bear scene? Or are you talking about the cave, the ice cave scene, <laughs> snow cave? Scene. Um, Back up slow. Faster now,
0: and then so it's just Sydney and the bear because Behringer is wiped out.
1: Port- Sydney and
0: the bear, <laughs> and oh, okay, I'm crushing it. And it is so good because even though he's not saying he's not saying it to the bear, it looks like he is calling the bear Jesus Christ,
1: <laughs> which is adorable. What if that's you know. what? Do you know this bear? You're a bear aficionado. Do you know this bear? Like, have you this movie bear? The movie, the bear. No, who this one is? Because you kind of know the bears in film. No, I don't. You.
0: (laughs) How dare you? I don't know bears in film. I knew a bear in a film. You act like I'm walking around researching bears in my (laughs) downtime.
1: filmic so uh, bears not just bears uh,
0: uh, uh, uh. I, think,
1: I think you know a little bit more than you're letting on who was this bear do you what do you know about him i don't know this bear
0: unless it's <laughs> unless it's pierre the bear that i'm a huge fan of
1: <laughs> we gotta figure out what bear they use for this one it's probably a brown oh, i'll google it what bear and shoot who, what's the bear's name and shoot to kill? It tried to out-of-fill Jungle Book to me. No,
0: this movie not, may not have a famous bear in it. I don't like the fact that you think that every bear is a superstar. That's a day player.
1: It's got to be a trained bear here, right? Trained to
0: not kill Sidney
1: Poitier. <laughs> um, I'm at the Wikipedia page. It could have been Baby Bart, maybe when he was young. You think so? It's not. It can't. I hope it is, though. Please be. Oh, it's Pierre the bear. You so you had it right. So after all that grousing and yelling at no, me, no. you knew the, you knew the name of Pierre the bear, that, and he's in this movie. <laughs> is that true? Oh. No. You're making it yeah. up. Okay, <laughs> I vote for it. Then we'll have to. Can't zoom in this hard right now, but oh, the, that's why
0: it's not. The bear's name is also Frederick Coffin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, Sydney scares it away by yelling at it, and appearing bigger. So you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like try to make yourself bigger than the bear. Zoom in. And the bear runs away. It's terrified. And then Sydney says a line. What? And the, what does he say? Just another thing out here not used to seeing a black person or something. He does. Man, I didn't mean to make you so incensed.
0: Lloyd Beebe was the bear trainer.
1: Lloyd Beebe.
0: Alright, let's find out his bear
1: inventory. <laughs> <laughs> he also advised in the marmot cooking scene. Well, This, is, this guy was multi-talented. Oh, he he didn't last in the film industry long,
0: Lloyd Beebe. He didn't have what he didn't have the same kind of quality trainer. He did he did yeah. he did Grizzly Adams, but he died. By the way, they kind of he started stopped getting these roles when that. What's the guy that? What's the guy? I forgot the name of the guy who handled Bart Bart the Bear. Yeah, but he yeah. named his shit weird, like Sperm Drinker was
1: the name of that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Any- do you think this guy like sat by the phone just waiting for a movie that had a bear in it for them to call on? He's just like, I hope. Yeah. I hope there's a bear scene in in the next Star Wars, you know, like yeah. or something like that. I hope they need I hope they need bears and legal eagles. Yeah. So <laughs> sitting by his phone, you know. I'll be there and it's just it's just and, and you're saying that he didn't he only trained one he only did one movie?
0: No. Nah, he he's dead as fuck though. So <laughs> they um they uh they they emerge. Like so there's this great scene Clancy and Kirsty find a road and she tries to kick his ass. She hits him in the dick with something and tries to get away, but he captures her. And then they mm-hmm. they get on a vehicle, and Berenger enters just as all this has happened, and chases the truck. Does not catch, they get away. Does not catch. They get away because he's as shitty as at his job as Sydney is. They get away, and then the scene cuts to a police station. Like these guys are now, <laughs> they're out of the woods. They're out of the woods, and and this is the only thing that Tom has gotten away again with the hostage, right? But the, and this is the only thing about Brown's character that irritates the shit out of me because mm-hmm. he's been smarter than everybody, a step ahead of everybody throughout this whole film. Why does he keep the hostage? That doesn't make any sense. He, I don't understand it either. Yeah, it's almost like he would just leave her he would, as soon as he... Yeah, he, yeah. he would, he'd probably shoot her in the eye, fuck, probably have sex with the eye, leave. He would yeah. leave. He would not carry... Because all she is is a threat to him. By the way, nobody really knows what Steve looks like yet. They haven't identified who he is. And Mm-mm. and in that sequence, Berenger doesn't get a good look at him. He is scot-free at this moment. If he just he kills Kirsty and with-
1: just goes...
0: He's Scott free. Yeah, the
1: I, movie's over. He must have some kind of connection with her. He must have. They must have bonded in the woods, just like our two heroes.
0: Hashtag you know? my
1: <laughs> They log on. By the way, they log on. The Kirstie and L- and uh, literally, Kirstie literally. Kirstie. yeah. By the way, they log on. Cameo appearance, first appearance. The
0: actor, the actor from Final Destination Two. Same truck. Oh yeah, same logs. The log truck. <laughs> yeah, it says if you watch Final Destination, featuring old logs,
1: <laughs> and. That truck, also named Sperm Drinker, which is interesting because <laughs> they have a log, uh, a, a truck. What do they call this log truck? What What, what do they call them? Yeah, it's, when the truck has a, log, call, a bunch of it's log, log trucks. Them. And then its bumper, its license plate was
0: like the like the creepers. Said yeah, be drinking you.
1: <laughs> they also he just like a ba- the bear wrangler. There's a log truck wrangler. This guy's <laughs> got a fleet just waits by the phone. He's like, God, I hope there's a, I hope they need a log truck and legal Eagles They're just <laughs> sitting there, you know? Oh my God. You're right. You're not kidding. Um, anyway, so they get away. I do appreciate this bit of honesty from my turns to Sydney party and he's, he's tear. He's in tears. He's like, I can't believe they, they got away. And he like falls to his knees and he's like, it was almost like vomiting. And 40 is like, I knew they'd get away. Of course. <laughs> Have you met me? This is another. This is another. What? This is what is it? Tuesday? Another success, another Stanton mission. Uh, yeah, yeah Reach calls them to headquarters. They're like, "Hey, you're up for promotion." They got away. No problem. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, you have fulfilled your mission to completion. Uh, don't worry, we are just finished toe tagging those uh, the bunch of tourists that are dead. Look, we need some autographs from you down at the station.
0: They're like, uh, the that only thing keeping prepared. us from giving you a, a trophy is uh, has once he reaches the populace, I think we'll really. Nail it down and get you promoted to captain. <laughs> oh, did he? Did he effectively sell the diamonds
1: too? Looks like we have a new commish. So they they track these. They they know that this guy needs to, to sell these diamonds. They track down his fence and they find a house that 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 they were in. You know, Stanton's like to Berenger's like, you're on my turf now. We're in the city. We're out of the woods. You got to follow my lead. And they go to this house. They know that they've been there. And then they go back to the station. <laughs> they shower. <laughs> Forty is like, hey, I'm sorry, your um, your girlfriend is uh being dragged around by her hair by a a, a horrible killer, but um, you know, time to relax in the steamy shower of headquarters, you know, of, of the of the of the local police station. He's
0: like, there's nothing we can't undo what he's already done to her. It's like it's not like he, we can unfinger her at this <laughs> point. So let's just take a. Let's get these smelly bodies juxtaposed, so we go out there and hunt ineffectively as a clean individual. And and Berger, he's like, I know
1: Yelp doesn't exist, but I'm in the mood for some waffles. You know, uh, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, but I I, f- I smell breakfast for dinner. What about you, uh, Tom Berenger? By the way, the fence rolls in, like they bring the fence in. They know he calls this guy. Bring he rolls in like Farina. He's looking like a bargain basement Dennis Farina. Did you notice that? You say Farina, I say the Nazgul. Let's call the whole thing off. I I have my note here is why would Sarah still be alive? Yeah. That's what I wrote. Yeah, You're so right. There's a scene where, of course, they're hiding behind a waterfall. At the roller, there's like it's supposed to be an ice rink, but there are people are roller skating. Well, the, I guess it's not. It's, he yeah. calls it a roller rink, which was like the
0: ultimate 80s destination yeah. for a climax. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not the climax. It's the you think it's the climax, but it's not. No, because
1: Clancy has to get away again, which he
0: does. <laughs> 100%. With the hostage. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like a hero's journey for Poitier's character, a little late to become, uh, to go through your you know, hero's journey at age 52 or whatever. But um, the, he goes, he, he escapes, there's this car chase, he gets away and uh, wrecks it in, in, a, in a lot of vehicles. And it's funny because then they slam on the bra- brakes and all the cops that are with them also slam on the brakes with no quarry. Just they they yeah. give up together. And during this entire chase sequence, they are playing the most benign music. It is the most low energy, benign music during this car chase.
1: Sure. Clancy gets on a boat. He does. It's one of those those boats that takes your car over the waterways and Party figures that he's not there's two of them leaving at the same time. And he knows they find the car, but he goes, He's on the other boat. That's just what this guy That's would his do hero's journey.
0: That it took him the entire film to, to make a, a smart decision.
1: Right. He does. They get on that Boat and they then there's confrontation.
0: It would have been better if the if they go on the boat and it turns out he's on the first boat and he just
1: gets away and that's the credits. I mean that's that's exactly what should have happened. Yeah. And then the crowd cheers as the lights come up. Um, <laughs> there is going to be a confrontation here. Um, Behringer, you know this guy. He's still dragging Kirstie Alley around with a gun to her head. Behringer does a rope a dope kind of kind of. Well, Sydney Poitier shoots Clancy's ear. Of course, ear tip. And that, that hurts him. And then she he, they're able to rescue Kirsty. But then Clancy, of course, slips away again. Of course. And is about to take another hostage when Sydney's like uh, says, no, don't take another hostage in slow motion. And Clancy shoots him twice, like three times, he, two or three times through his body. <laughs> he's <in> his chest. <laughs> and he's like, I knew it. This would probably happen. That's fine. You know, he didn't even wear. This guy is so dumb. He didn't wear a bulletproof vest. Like he's such a fuck up, but he still doesn't wear a bulletproof vest. Yeah, but yeah, he ends up. He does end up killing Clancy. Well, they fall. Actually, he sort of. He doesn't even do that really well.
0: They both go overboard. The many times shot Sidney and Clancy although clancy does try to shoot his eye out and he's out of bullets but they go overboard
1: yeah, Clancy's not shot yet
0: he's well he's earshot yeah. and then they go and, and sydney finally shoots him a couple of times point blank range the only way he can hit a guy and then he gives up he's like all right mission accomplished. i'm gonna just sink to the bottom
1: yeah he's gonna get drowned he's gonna just die and, then, and behringer has to save him again but my favorite part is that at the end of the movie this guy who's been a failure the whole time like he and you you, you stand I, like i said i do kind of like his character Some, i think he's kind of fun in this movie at the end of the movie he's hooked up on oxygen <laughs> on a stretcher and they just show him and that's it he says a quippy line and it's over instant cut i mean he's losing blood like he's he's cold again you know baron's just trying to get him to the snow cave <laughs> yeah he gotta hope that that water is cold enough to cauterize he's shit he shot the shit like he is hurting for certain
0: and then, uh, oh. but it, to Beringer's credit, he uh, pushes Kirsty aside and says, "Let's go get a snack, Stanton." And they go.
1: I'm surprised that Kirsty's not heartbroken over Clancy's death. You know. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of fun. No, I mean, it is fun. I actually enjoyed this movie. It's it's ridiculous, but it's like, and they don't make them like this really anymore. Right or before this is this is a strange one, but it's fun. Yeah, watch it on YouTube.
0: <laughs> well, it's literally um... the platform everyone has access to, so. Yeah, wilderness tat, man. They just opened up this thing in the fucking mountains out of nowhere. You hear the drilling, man. I don't know where he's finding power generator of some sort. Maybe he's got hooked up to a windmill, but he is nailing it in there. And you got to walk in there and figure out what you're going to get put on your purse. Oh, man. What are you doing? Mine's easy, super easy. Okay, I've got uh, an homage to that famous Jeremiah Johnson meme.
1: I know that it doesn't. It doesn't look like it looks like Galifianakis, but it's actually Redford yeah, or something. I
0: got that, except it's. It's Behringer winking at us. It's Behringer nodding in approval at us.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, nice.
0: Same, just you know, just a slight juxtaposition, but we know what's happening. Job well done, Mr. Behringer.
1: I got a um, somewhat large etching of Clancy Brown on my skin, dodging a rough, like a fish. <laughs> just dodging it, you know, like a thrown fish, whizzing by his face. It's kind of like winces and dodges maybe on my bicep maybe that's what I'll do on my on my huge bicep I
0: I'd put that yeah, I got there. mine on my on my uh, on my under my ear
1: and then the tattoo' artist like what bicep and I'm like could you guys do implants here because or... I'd like to get that right on my in- bicep which I don't have more like a rentcep <laughs> they're like where are they guys like where no one's gonna be able to see what this is no one's gonna know what this is I'm, and I'm like let me clarify this so they won't know it's Clancy Brown dodging a, a fish? Is that what you're trying to tell me? They won't be able to make that out?
0: So I like anyway. that you got shoot to kill on your guns. Perfect.
1: Movie's okay. over. Credits have run. But lo and
0: behold, there's an added scene, a little stinger at the end of this movie.
1: Yeah. What you got? It's the next scene. It's night. It's like in the hospital. city Poitier is in the hospital on a stretcher. Hospitals. And this is the kind of the part of the movie where you think, oh, man, the killer's going to come back. And all he's going to be there, the ambulance driver or something. You know, you know how many times you've seen that movie, right? But instead, it's just him on the stretcher, and then you just hear a flat line. <laughs> that's, the, that's it. Turns out he died in Vietnam. <laughs>
0: oh, <no. laughs> uh, mine's pretty simple. whisking mm-hmm. through the woods, whisking through the bricks and the, you know all the rocks and the little cute things to a cave. Pre- hibernation time for that bear. And lo and behold, he has found four bloated pale white bodies in his fishing expedition. And he is oh knee deep in some coffin chest and he has got a blood must. He's thrilled as shit. He, he could, he's like kicking back. He's got, he's laying, he's got like, like an otter. He's got like Richard Messer's head out. Like he's bouncing around. He's thrilled as shit. You know, he's getting ready for the winter and he's got snacks of plenty, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's just so cute. He's got all them. You know, you see like torn up puffy jackets everywhere through the cave, a crimson smear everywhere. You look, he did it. He fed up, he, he fed up.
1: Sounds good, yeah.
0: Fed out, money's crossed, escrows, uh, like a ship in the night, and you've been given the budget to do your own sequel to shoot to kill.
1: I would have loved this movie to get the this sequel. It'd this be a good one to do a sequel with, you know.
0: Mine is called Steve Beneath, and uh, turns out he's a merman. <laughs> he's uh he's shot, but in the sea's embrace, his he's got a healing coefficient. His eyes open, his ear heals, gets a little Namori looking. And mm-hmm. it is just Clancy Brown as Steve, the merman, just roaming the, the sea like an angel slithering through the water, just kicking ass. And, you know, he's really found his true calling. You know, maybe the diamonds were an, an effort to fund his bon voyage, you know, mm-hmm. he got his way, man. He's in the, he's, he's amongst the kelp flitting and flirting, you know, doing his thing. Right. Maybe finds Ariel, and gives her, throws her a bang.
1: I think he's committed to Sarah. Come on. Ariel. So it's like half cartoon. Not the real one. Mine would be of course Knox would part of a Stanton in this big city. You take the you, you take Stanton out of the city into the woods and the first and next one you take Knox out of the woods and put him in the city but and they're trying to solve a crime but the thing is they can't get past the shock that Knox is in. Every he he sees bill he sees buildings and hears cars and it's like a caveman that just zoomed into the future. He doesn't understand anything. And the the one shot right before he slits his wrist, he's in a grocery store and he sees Yo play yogurt. And he, his mind can't make sense. <laughs> he doesn't understand what it is. And he just, and so stands in the hospital and he has to like, it's just, it really isn't even, it's just about trying to get him to adjust it. At the end of the movie he has to let him go. He has to shout at him, shout him back into the woods, go away, I mean- go back. And the thing is like, Behringer immediately goes back in the woods, but you know, you want to have that moment where you're trying to force your friend to leave you right like at the end of goodwill hunting where flex like or harry and the henderson's yeah, yeah so but he's like and then so then, you know, and, and that's a disappointing thing. So you just chase, you chase after your friend who is just happy to be back in the woods, the warm embrace of the logs there and, and the and the moss, and just say, no, really, go, you know, that's what he does, you know. And then he gets lost in the woods. You know, it's just a whole yeah. mess, but.
0: He has a heart attack earlier in the movie, right? When he Sidney Poitier is like, let me buy you dinner. They go to the bank and the money comes flying through that tube and he loses his, his bowels. His hair turns <laughs> stark white in fear. It's never the same.
1: Two good ideas.
0: You've you've been given the resources to have your own enterprise, your business associated mm-hmm. with shoot to kill. Right. How are you spending that money? Easy. Tell me.
1: Just to recreate this this fly fishing trip, complete with there's a hidden murderer, right? But <laughs> in this case, everybody is completely safe. Everybody's like tethered to a, they're they're all like hooked up to like a wire and they got they're all they got safety harnesses on, right? At some point you know you're getting pushed over the cliff by the actual murderer. Mm-hmm. You just don't know who it is, but you're also fine. But that's the whole thing. It's like you get a play, act, shoot, to kill. You get to go on a pretend fly fishing trip and get pretend murdered off a cliff. What are those things called? Those are like, the, those are kind of, what are those murder parties called? You know, it's like a. Sounds good. Like a mur- no, murder it's, mystery. No, mystery party. Yeah, but you're, it's like to the nth.
0: You had like, me you at, know? we're going to protect the murderer with the
1: wire. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, this is just watch the money roll in, you know. <laughs> Kirstie Alley's older brother is the guy. Damnation, huh? Al Alley. <laughs> you don't know his her older. He, yeah, he's she's pissed that he's honing in on her success, but he's he's the guy. Old Al Alley looks like Kirstie Alley with a beard. <laughs> Hashtag my
0: Savic. She was in, she wasn't supposed to be born. I think we can agree that that's the truth. She was an alley. Oops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's see. So I have a restaurant uh, themed around shoot to kill. It's called shoot to fill. Oh. And uh, what we do is you walk in, you can dress however you want. You could, you know, it's an all you can just, all you can eat. You just pay, yeah. you pay, you pay at the front, slide that card. You can swipe the chip. You can do whatever it takes. PayPal. You could uh, do a bump, whatever you need to do. You go in there and you sit. Everybody's sitting in a straight line down the side of the restaurant. And then your proprietor emerges with a, like a goss cannon filled with pork bites. (laughs) And he says, open, literally open as wide as you can. And he turns that thing up to, you know, just crazy, crazy setting. And just fires pork pellets across the room into your open maw. Until you're, until you're thrilled. Until you've had just enough, you know. It's it's right. like it's like one of those, you know, the the Brazilian steak or what is it? Yeah, the Argentinian, whatever. This like a fogo de mm-hmm. chao, where you have the little little card. <laughs> if it's green, keep bringing the meats. If it's red, I done my, my colon's. I'm, I I can't digest this meat for decades, right? So oh, he just yeah. fires the pork until you are sated, you know. So it's mm. it's a goss cannon. So it probably blows the pork
1: through you, through the back of your head. But it's yum. Do you you are you aware of that horrible story about have you heard of this thing? I think they made a movie about it, but like this is an actual thing that this person from Japan or something came over and went to like North Dakota and tried to find the money briefcase from Fargo. Vaguely. Had you ever vaguely, heard of Vaguely, vaguely. She died, I think. I wonder if anybody did the same thing from that for that diamond that Kirstie Alley throws oh, yeah. on top of the mountain in this one. Honestly,
0: to me, that is a that's a feel good story. What do you mean? That's that's it's Earth
1: saying you don't belong. That means that person probably had mental problems and and had some issues. Like that's not that's not a good thing that happened. I'm gonna go with Earth said GTFO. Earth, Earth says that to everyone eventually. <laughs> Zoom in. Yeah.
0: Look, you're in the movie. You've been mm-hmm. added to this feature as a character in shoot to kill. How do how do you fit in? I'm a nature documentarian. Yeah, and I am with a small crew filming in the forest at the same time these events happen, and I'm I'm sort of half of my peers find my work enthralling, and half of them think I'm a, a loon because I have strange beliefs. I'm a big Bermuda Triangle guy, and I'm also a big guy thinking about what in the fuck weird phenomenon allows for this forest to go from s- s- Arctic tundra to pleasant timberland, you know, like in a in the drop of a, in a in a minute, you know. I've got my hidden cameras. I'm positioned, everything's going. Got, I've sprayed myself with the piss of every known creature. And I am just, you know, and I watched this happen, but you know, if you're a documentarian, your goal is to not interfere with nature, right? You can't interfere. You can't become a part of it. Mm, so I could yeah. have prevented Steve from leaving. I was like, you know what? We gotta let it run its course. And uh, you know, they get away. I find out later that they got away and 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 no, no real harm happened after after that. But I find out what happened, man. There's about six or seven hard clouds up there, that are just yeah, yeah just hard hard clouds is what it turns out kept that shit from happening.
1: A couple <laughs> really hard clouds. <laughs> I'm a terrified fish. <laughs> this is a hot spot for fishermen. I'm like I'm a I'm up at the top of the mountain. I have scrambled. To find my way down the mountain, I'm like I'm not staying in this scenic lake at the top of this mountain. These fishermen come left and right. I'm terrified. I don't want to get. I'm hungry. I don't want to get caught and snacked on. So I've I de- I developed a way to hold my breath, and I've actually rolled down the mountain <laughs> over grass and moss and rock, and found my way to a creek. The creek, you know, the the, the little creek that runs through. That all of a sudden. Fishermen are fall. The fishermen are falling to their deaths right in front of me, and I'm like, "Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> piece of shit." <laughs> yes, <laughs> one by one, I think, I think my my I hit the lottery. Right, not only one, but two, three, and then a fourth one. I'm just swimming. I'm I'm like you know swimming up in their faces, making sure they're not obviously they're they're not breathing. Right. I'm just gloating. Just can't wait, you know? Yeah. Like I just can't wait for another body to fall. And I start crying when a fifth one doesn't come. Right. I get greedy. <laughs> I want more. I don't blame you. That's all that happens. That's the highlight in my life. That's so cool.
0: I like to think that you, you spawn. Like you you actually interact with a, 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 a you know something from down there, like a like a slightly different strain of trout or whatever. You make a beautiful new race, you know, beautiful new, like a, mm-hmm. a, a magenta trout. I mean,
1: something. cause for celebration. I mean, might as well party and have some relations with fish. I don't know mm-hmm. how that get works. Your, you get know? your row out there, you know? I mean, I, it's, it's, it's tonight we party, you know, this is the best thing. This is the night of my, the day, you know, like day and night of my life. Yeah. I start a family, but yeah, that's it. That's it. And only really good things happen from, from then on. All right. Look,
0: you're on an Island. You've been there, these many years gathering debris from various films. And now it's time to take something from shoot to kill. I have employed the help from a, a different character from the film universe to help me execute this uh, plan. But in the little wooded section of my island, if you're walking around it, you know, the right time of day, maybe you'll catch a glimpse. You walk down the trail, maybe you step, you say, it's a little wet. It's a little wet there. You look down, it's like, what's that little stain? And then you look up and hanging from the tree, I've got the inverted predator skinned body of modern day Kirsty Alley up there.
1: Jesus. My God, is that it? Take all I heard was you take Kirstie Alley to your island. (laughs) Seems like a bad decision, but modern day, no less. Twitter prolific Kirstie Alley ear tip time, Nick ear tip time. (laughs) Take Clancy's ear tip to my island. Put a little, little plastic, you know, little plastic box, little kind of piece of like a foam bed in there, Um, like you would with
0: like a shark's tooth.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you put a little that little ear meat in there and just I don't know try to form a religion around it <laughs> some sort of you know just you know certainly praise it kneel to it pray at it yeah open it up and stroke it <laughs> maybe kiss it you know clean it a little bit because I'm sure it has a little bloody yeah you know but eventually out of leaves and other debris around the island f- around it form the rest of Clancy much like maybe like Kind of May, you know how May in that movie May put together a person with body parts. I wouldn't have body parts. That's your island. Uh, whatever. But I would just make a organic Clancy with a one little piece of real meat.
0: I like the fact that most islands have a hermit. and You've got an ear meat. You know? <laughs> it's so cute. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Ever get there? Should to just fuck that ear piece? No, of course okay. not. We obviously live on different islands music The Sign, signs are leaving